ladies and gentlemen, welcome on back to another episode of Mind Your Popcorn. I'm one of your two hosts, Ricky Uniac. And I'm Chuck Clark. So just to give everybody a bit of a rundown as to what we're going to be covering on this episode, we are going to be getting caught up on the NFL postseason since we did not have an episode last week. So we're going to go through both Chuck's and my own, uh, my predictions that we made uh, last episode, see how we did. Um, we're going to get caught up uh, with the NBA. Uh, for those of you, uh, like, if you know, you know, you're going to know exactly what we're going to be going over, um, as well as Chuck and I both had a chance to watch Echo. So I figured we'll we'll wrap up with our thoughts on Echo um, there at the end as a nice little cherry on top. But before we get to any of that, Chuck, how you doing? All right. A little tired right now. Um, not sure. I think it's just the cold, whatever, you know, when the temperature drops really drastically and then either goes back up or whatever, my, you know, my nose gets stuffy kind of, you know, kind of situation, not quite a cold, but like more like allergies. Oh yeah. So I've gone through that right now. Took a, you know, Tylenol cold in ease or whatever earlier, probably going to bring some cough drops with me to work. And yeah, but otherwise feeling all right. Feeling all right. How are you? I'm pretty good. Um, kind of a little bit of the same. Um, we kind of caught some of that, uh, that nasty winter weather that was kind of making its way through the Midwest up to like the New York area. Uh, so that was fun. It's been like freezing rain here the last couple of days, but, uh, like weirdly it was 50 degrees today. So all the snow that we did get is just gone. Um, but yeah, other than that, pretty good. Pretty good. I'm very like more so uh, than I'm always excited to do these episodes. Yeah. For whatever reason, this episode, I am extra excited. Um, I probably just because I don't know. I feel like these NFL playoffs uh, have been wildly entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just get into it. So we're going to just get caught up on the postseason so far. Uh, we're going to get to. The uh, Chargers new head coach here uh, in a second, but just to kind of get everybody caught up, um, Chuck, do you do you know what your record was in the first round? I I assume it was five and one because I think the only game I got wrong was the Cowboys Packers game. Yeah, everybody got that game wrong. Honestly, like the Packers absolutely manhandling the Cowboys the way they did. Um, not on was, the bingo, not on the bingo card. No, but you want to know what's crazy, Chuck? I don't know if you remember this. You, although you picked the Cowboys to win this game, you had them losing in the next round. And I believe your reasoning was if there's ever a team that is just going to crumble when it looks like they have everything going for them, it's the Dallas Cowboys. And like, that's yep. literally what they did in, in that game, like as a Browns fan, hand up. Like we also, you know, got manhandled, but like, thank God that that the Cowboys did as well, because now nobody cared about anything else other than the Cowboys getting wrecked by Jordan Love. Now, credit, like, I don't want to just say that the Cowboys threw that game. The the Packers were so much better in, on both sides of the football in every facet of the game. They were so good. Jordan Love. Is Jordan Love a guy? He, he could be. He could be. Um I think, obviously, he's still got a little bit of growing to do. But, I mean, 
the future is bright in Green Bay. The future is bright. Um, God, it is it, so not fair that they get to go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. Yep. I know as a Browns fan, you're probably. It's tough, man. It, <laughs> it's, it's. I felt for you. I felt for you. I saw these all these tweets and I was like, damn, Ricky is really going through it right now. The guy well, with the Browns <laughs> jersey with all the different quarterback names. I mean, <laughs> the list goes on. It really does. And like, I, I don't. I don't ever wish for an organization to have as bad of luck with QBs as the Browns have, except for the Steelers. I wish all the ill will on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, but like, it is just crazy because the Packers are the polar opposite. They've seemingly with Jordan Love. I, I think I'm. I think I'm ready to like call it. Like he he's the guy. He's you know he's good. He's just. He's had too many flashes this year, you know, yeah. for this to be some sort of fluke. Um, and to go from, I mean, back to back to back with like no buffers in between any of those three guys, like it's is is absolutely insane. I mean, like I don't like Browns fan like aside, anyone would think that that's crazy. I don't know if there's a team out there that has like has been better with QBs on the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, between maybe. Yeah. Yeah. No one's been better. I mean, the only other t- franchise that's been consistent, honestly, is the Chiefs. I mean, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is the best, but Trent Green and then Alex Smith and then Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Trent Green and Alex Smith didn't like, you know, blow the doors off or anything, but. You know. They got the job done like they were good quarterbacks who played well, gave your chances, teams chances to win. There was definitely somebody in between because Smith was on the 49ers. So I'm trying to think who is it. Those it was a bit years. of a revolving door for them. They had uh, Matt Castle at one point, right? Yeah, they they had a, like a couple of those journeyman guys um, before Alex Smith landed there. I mean, it's still very, very impressive. But like, you know, with Green Bay, you're talking Hall of Famer, Hall of yep. Famer. And then I'm not calling Jordan Love a Hall of Famer, obviously, but like a, a clear top right. 12 QB, you know, in his first year starting. So, man, hats off to them. It's tough seeing other people live your dream, but you I, know, I'm excited to see in 20 years how Jordan Love becomes a scumbag, like how Brett Favre <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers. Are. That's what I'm looking forward to. I, I, you know. I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, Listen, I don't want that to happen, but if history has shown us anything. Yeah. I mean, that taxes and green Bay quarterbacks, just being real, (laughs) being pieces of shit um, late in their career and into retirement. So we'll see. Um, But yeah, so that was like the only game that, I mean, I'm sure there were a couple guys out there that said that like, you know, the, the, the Packers have a shot, but you and I, I think both thought the Cowboys would handle them. Um, other than that, we both called the Texans correctly. Mm-hmm. We both called the Chiefs, um, which I don't know if this is saying much. I give us credit for the Texans pick. Yeah. I think a lot of the a lot of national guys were were were, were taking the Browns. Um, we both got the Bills. We both got the Lions, and we both got the Bucks, which feels like we should really be giving ourselves a pat on the back, but like. Did anybody believe in the Philadelphia Eagles anymore? Ooh, I don't know. It was, I did not. I, I mean, I saw a lot of mixed bags. It was definitely, it was just a lot of like, well, it's the actual playoffs now. Like they can't, this can't be this bad, right? 
Oh, man, I, I think I think that there were people that were especially Philly fans. Right. But like I think the people who were still picking the Eagles to advance in the postseason were thinking, oh, they're going to be able to turn it on. Like when push come to shove playoff yeah. time, they're going to be able to do what the Chiefs are, you know, have been doing like so far in the playoffs. And they just they couldn't. I mean, they completely fizzled out. Um, Tampa Bay, you know, it was, it was in Tampa, so it was a home game. I, I do think that that matters. Um, but Tampa Bay took it, man. And mm-hmm. Philly gets sent home and what, you know, appears to be one of the more significant second half collapses in the NFL that I've ever seen yeah. in my lifetime. Uh, I mean, 10 and one. And then you finish. Well, I think they finished eleven and six, which is crazy. And then they lose first round. So some question marks there. It seems like Sirianni's staying, although I don't think that that's set in stone yet. I know that they there was a report that I is Howie still the GM there? Yeah. That Howie was like, hey, talking to Sirianni, come to me with your new round of like, you know, coaches. Cause they did, I think they fired the OC and the DC. Yeah. Um, and that kind of feels like there was a team that did this not too long ago. I can't, I can't remember who it was, but like they ended up still firing the head coach. Like after they saw who the head coach wanted to bring in, they're like, okay, never mind. Like we're just gonna, you know, clear out. So it feels like he might be staying. We don't know for sure yet. Um, Jason Kelsey's retiring, which is, a massive blow to that offensive line um, to all you football casuals out there. I don't, I don't think that there's, you know, people really understand how important um, uh, like the offensive line staying intact can be like, it's not going to be easy to replace a pro bowl center. Um, I think there's a, is, is Lane Johnson considering retiring? Um. I think he's already said he'd be back. Okay. Okay. Um, they're, I don't know what they're going to end up doing with AJ Brown. I, I think that there were clear signs of frustration from him in, in, in the second half of the season. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sold that he's going to be on that team next year. Uh, there's reports that, um, people in the locker room don't like Jalen. Again, these are rumors. These are reports. I'm not saying that that's the case, but like, gosh, if that's true, then what the like, what what the hell do you do over there? Yeah, I don't know. Um, they're supposedly bringing in Vic Fangio to be their DC next year. Oh, they, that's confirmed. Not confirmed, like, but Miami's not bringing him back, and yeah. he was an assistant in 2022, and they were hoping to hire him in. Um, last year, but then they had already keep him, but they had already hired a DC in Sean Desai and Miami was making him an offer to be the DC. So they were, they really couldn't do anything. Um, so that's like the thought process is to make him the DC and then Cliff Kingsbury, I know is getting interviewed for the OC. Interesting. I mean, I, as far as the defense goes, they just need to bring somebody in that's going to like show these guys how to tackle because that I, I'm going to try not to be too dramatic here. That game against the Bucks 
like that defense, the Eagles defense put on the worst display of tackling I've ever seen. They were just bouncing off of the Tampa Bay wide receivers and like in like Kate Otten. Like I it was terrible. That defense is it's it's been not great all year. Uh it's slowly turned into like pretty terrible. Um so we'll see. But I I mean that is not going to be a team that I'm gonna have expectations for next year. Yeah. So um so you finished with a five and one record. I finished with a four and two. My other uh loss being I had the Rams over the Lions. And then going into the second round, you and I both had Ravens over Texans, credit to us. Mm-hmm. You had Chiefs over Bills, credit to you. I had Bills over Chiefs. I did not anticipate Patrick Mahomes flipping a switch and Travis Kelsey for that matter against the Bills. Uh, but they did, and they looked good. The Chiefs looked good. MVS made a catch. Two. Like, yeah, which is crazy. Um, they didn't have Tony <coughs> out. I uh, don't know. I, I honestly don't know if him coming back even moves the needle at all for me. It might move the needle in the wrong direction. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. But all of a sudden, the Chiefs look like the Chiefs, at least against, against the Bills they did, which maybe that's what they needed. Maybe they're like, hey, we just got to play the Bills. And then we're like in the playoffs. We just got to play the Bills in the playoffs. It's going to factory reset us, and we're going to be fine. Um, and it's exactly what happened. Um, you had the Lions over the Cowboys to go to the NFC Championship, and I'm not going to dock you for the Cowboys. You, you know, you correctly predicted the Lions advancing, so nice. Um, my prediction was going to be the Cowboys over the Bucks, um, and obviously that did not happen. And then you had the Niners over the Bucks, which not going to fault you for that again because of this, the way the NFL does the seeding. You had the Niners advancing, and uh, so did I. So you, Chuck, have correctly predicted the AFC Championship and the NFC Championship. Kind of feels like a missed opportunity to not kind of put some futures on those teams. Maybe you did. I don't know. Really wish I had. Um, if I had had exact matchup, in the beginning of the playoffs, I mean, I'd be rolling in down right now, but you would be, you know, it happens. I wonder what those odds would have been, but, um, my matchups, uh, I correct, uh, actually neither of mine were correct. I had, uh, bills versus the Ravens and the Niners versus the Cowboys. Uh, so only correctly predicted two of the four teams in the conference championships, but let's talk about the conference championships championships for a second, because, I know when we did this in the last episode, you went on to predict what the outcomes would be, but your mind might have changed. I don't know. So I want to ask you, because you correctly predicted it, are you sticking with your prediction of the Ravens over the Chiefs and the Lions over the Niners? Definitely sticking with Ravens over Chiefs. Still sticking with that one. Okay, so what what have the Lions not shown you or what have the Niners shown you that is making you seemingly less confident now? I don't know if I'm less confident. It's just like that feels like a game 
Like, I know the Lions are going to be fired up. I think the Lions are going to be want to play and all that. The, but I saw a stat today. The Lions haven't play, have only played one game outside a dome in their last 12 games. Oh. And it was against Chicago, which they didn't cover the spread against. And I, I actually, I don't know if it was the one, because I think they lost to Chicago one of their games. So, um, so that's, what, that's what worries me. But on the other hand, I also saw the 49ers almost lose to the Packers when they really shouldn't have. They, they did lose to the Bears in that game, by the way. They had an outdoor game in December. Um, so I don't know, but I still want to listen. Plus I just, I want to, I want the lions to win, but you know, does that, what does that mean? You know what I mean? Does that mean, should I, you know? Yeah. Am am I letting my heart take over a little bit? But like, I don't know, man. I, I think this lions team, and if Brock Purdy starts throwing picks, I mean, it is not going to be pretty, you know? A couple things I want to bring up to you. Um, the weather in San Francisco on Sunday is going to be 66 degrees and sunny, yep. according to my phone right now. Not like they're going to be, you know, it's not like it's going to be d- December in Chicago. Um, I think that this, I think it's going to matter who wins the coin toss or who gets the ball first. Um, no secret Niners biggest weakness, uh, throughout the last two seasons, they can, they struggle playing from behind. Um, I saw this crazy stat that their win against the Packers was the first time they've won, um, while entering the fourth quarter down by five or more points with Kyle Shanahan as the head coach. Right. That's crazy. Like that is He's been the head coach there for a while, and they've had really good teams for the most part. You would think that that would not have been the first time that they've come back by five or more points in the fourth quarter. So if Detroit gets the ball first and they're able to score, preferably a touchdown, I really do think that that, like, in a weird way, can can, can sway that game. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, if... San Francisco, you know, gets a score first, like, and I don't know. It just feels like that would help them kind of get going on all cylinders there. So I don't know. Um, are are you are you going to keep your Lions over Niners? Or are you going to flip flop? I'm going to keep my Lions over Niners. I'm not losing the can't lose the faith now. Can't lose the faith when it gets hard. Okay. Um, I. As far as my predictions go, oh god, this is so tough. <laughs> I I want to take the Chiefs so bad, I do, but the Ravens' defense is so good. They're so good. I, oh god, give me the Chiefs. All right. Give me the Chiefs, and admittedly, I, I'm probably going with what I want to have happen here. Actually, that's not true because I have I placed a preseason wager for the Ravens to win the AFC, and I got them at plus eighteen hundred. 
And DraftKings will not let me let me cash that out for whatever reason. So I'm stuck. They don't. I don't think they let you cash out the uh, futures because I had a preseason bet on Super Bowl matchup, Kansas City versus Philly, and they never let me cash it out all season. Weird. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I, I'm i going to be conflicted in that game. Obviously, Ravens, division rival, don't want success for a division rival. Um, and I don't know. I, I'm not into the whole NFL conspiracy that, like, they're going to do whatever whatever it takes to get Taylor Swift to the Super Bowl. But I think I am a sucker for the narrative. So give me I, – I, I'm going with both narratives. Give me a Chiefs first Lions Super Bowl. I am all in on Dan Campbell. I That, that dude, like – I'm, I'm not saying this to clown him. I love the fact that that dude is like on the verge of tears in every single like post game, like locker room speech that he gives. I love that. That is so cool. Um, He, I just think that that this is an example of willing a team to become much better than the sum of their parts. Mm -hmm. Like on paper, Niners, very much a better football team. Like on both sides of the football. Well, yeah, both sides of the football went healthy, but these guys love playing for Dan Campbell. I'm not saying that Niners don't like playing for Kyle Shanahan, but Kyle Shanahan and Dan Campbell are very different personality-wise, it seems. And it seems like these these Lions got like guys on the Lions, like Dan Campbell told them to jump, like they wouldn't hesitate. Like they, you know, they're they're going to battle with him. They're, they're going to war for him. So give me Lions versus uh, Chiefs. I, that's what I'm going to change mine to. Um, not ready to give a winner of that game yet. I figured we'll do our Super Bowl predictions during our Super Bowl episode when we actually know what the matchup is. Yeah. Okay, so I, I mean, I think it's been a pretty entertaining postseason so far. I was, you know, very thankful that Roger Goodell was like, "Hey, Browns are going to lose first. That way, Ricky can enjoy the rest of the." Uh, uh, the, the rest of the postseason, which was great. Appreciate him doing me a solid too with the Cowboys getting clowned. Um, very excited for Sunday though. Very, very excited. It's going to be a good day. We have, as of about two, maybe three hours ago, we had some NFL head coach breaking news. Um, national champion, put some respect on his name. Jim Harbaugh is going to the Los Angeles Chargers to coach Justin Herbert. Now, my question for you, Chuck, is not going to be, is this going to be better for Justin Herbert than Brandon Staley? Because the answer is obviously yes. Like, just because you can't get worse. Mm -hmm. But what are your expectations now for Justin Herbert, because like I kind of feel like if if they can't figure this out, like if Justin Herbert doesn't live up to these narratives and, you know, like that the media has set, like because everyone is pretty unit, like unanimously agrees he's pretty good, mm-hmm. but we just haven't seen it yet. So where are you with your expectations for Justin Herbert and the Chargers now? I mean, listen, every year. The, the expectations are set high by the social media team. 
you know, the schedule release video fire every year. We expect this team to be amazing. I I bet on this team and they let me down and they let everyone down. They let their fans down. So, you know, this is this is Justin's last straw for me is this tenure under Jim Harbaugh, which I'm interested to see how it goes. Um, because everyone remembers the great San Francisco teams, but don't remember how his tenure in San Francisco ended. Um, and about how players who were, who were under him towards the end talked about him. So I'm interested to see how that goes. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Um, I mean, they're still going to be second best in the West to the Chiefs. So, yeah. But they should be making the playoffs. And they should be, you know, that hot five or six seed that people are like, this is a team that can make a deep run. Well, for 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 Justin's sake, they they better be contending for the postseason. Like, yep. you know, in in December, like those December games better mean something. I don't know. Obviously, you can't expect somebody to, you know, turn the ship around in a single offseason. It's happened before. It's just not likely. Um, I'm also interested to see again, you, you, you brought up a very, very good point. There were a lot of question marks around what did Jim Harbaugh's players you know, how do they feel about him in his last year or two in San Fran? Um, he was able to get to, you know, Michigan. Everything worked out for him. NFL players are not, are nothing like college players. Yep. Like, I'm. we saw this with Urban Meyer last year. Just because you have success at the college level does not mean you're going to have success at the NFL level. And I know Jim Harbaugh's had NFL success. Um, I still think that this is going to be a little bit different. We'll see. Um, they got some question marks on offense. They got to get some wide receivers in there. They got to get some help. I Does, does Austin Eckler just have nothing left in the tank anymore? I don't know. Like, dude had a pretty miserable season outside of, like, the first couple weeks. So like they got to get some guys in there, and I'm gonna be curious to see are are people are people gonna want to play for him in the NFL? He's an interesting dude. Jim Harbaugh is is he's just different. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. I can't imagine he's gonna be having any sleepovers with potential free agents like he did when he was trying to recruit for Michigan. So, although if he did, that would just be hilarious. Okay. Let's uh. Let's talk some NBA. We haven't really talked NBA in a while. Yeah. Um, we didn't talk about this in the pre-show, Chuck, but I did want to talk to you because the Indiana Pacers have made the biggest trade so far of the NBA season. And I want to I want to just kind of feel what I, I want to get a pulse on how you're feeling about the Pacers because they started off the season so, so well, um, went to that end season tournament championship. Halliburton had looked like, you know, all NBA first team point guard, like is probably still going to be an all-star, but they've kind of come back down to earth. I think they're like, what, three or four games over 500 right now. Uh, Let me pull up the standings. Um, 
we are the seven seed right now. We're four games over 500, 24 and 20. Okay. Okay. And, and four and six in our last 10. <clears throat> but um, that's been, I know, I mean, we played the, like, we played the Nuggets, the Suns, um, we're in a tough part of our schedule. Our last 10 opponents, well, we, we lost the Blazers. That wasn't good. The Kings, we beat. We lost to the Jazz. We played the Nuggets, beat the Hawks, Wizards. Yeah. So you guys sent off Bruce Brown. Um, I'm going to butcher homie's last name. Is it Jordan Nawara? Nawara. Nawara. Okay. And then two first-round picks? Uh, um. I believe so. Yes. Let me let me look up the um, details. Um, I find it right now too. Yeah, two of the first round picks going. Um, oh no, more than two first round picks. Three, three first round There we go. Okay. Um. Me personally, I like this move for you guys. There were a lot of teams that were eyeing him, and I figured he was going to be a bit of a hot commodity. Um, but I want to hear your thoughts on it. I mean, I like the move. It gives us another scoring option and another um, kind of big man presence. Um, we... Didn't love that we lost to the Blazers in his debut with all, with Tyrese coming back as well. Um, but it always takes a while for these, you know, for players to get situated. And Tyrese is going to miss more time, too. She missed last night's game. He's going to miss the next two, including against the Sixers. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Hopefully they can gel basically at by or after the all-star break and then like kind of ride good momentum into the playoffs. That's what I'm hoping for. Let's try and get to the six seed or maybe the five seed. Although I think the six seeds more realistic. If we're the seventh seed in the play in, I don't mind that too. Like we're going to, um, you know, I think we win that first play in game against whoever's below us. It's just a matter of, uh, because right now that would be against the Magic, and I'll obviously Magic stand over here, but um, I, I still like us in that game. Um, but yeah, let's. I I I I like the move long term, especially because he says he's willing to sign an extension with us. And there's word that apparently other superstars want to play in Indiana. Maybe a Paul George return. Maybe in the cards. I don't know. We'll see. Oh boy, we're we're doing the Lakers fan thing now, where it's just like, hey, rumors are all the all well, NBA guys want to come to LA. He's the only superstar for sure that I've seen like some rumblings about, and he's even he's starting to talk fondly about his days in Indiana. You know what I mean? Because for a long time it was like bad blood, kind of. And I yeah. think now things are starting to um, – I think Therese is helping bridge that gap. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean – Because he talked about wanting to bring another superstar to Indiana and they wouldn't do it. 
well, the superstar I think he was talking about was Anthony Davis. Like, Anthony Davis was never going to come to the Pacers, bro. Not for you. Sorry, bro. Like, that was not going to happen. It'll, I mean, I would love that. Like, I, you know, PG going home. Um, It's just, it's weird because things seem to be really gelling for the Clippers right now. And it would just be weird if the Clippers, like, let him go. I mean, I know, like, if he really wants to go to Indiana, nobody's going to stop him. But, like, if if the Clippers finally, like, get to, like, a Western Conference Finals, I don't know what it is. Yeah, like, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Let me look that up. But, like, obviously, anything could happen. And, you know, it's not a. Like I said, it's not a guarantee. It's just, like, there could be a. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we'll see. Well, I really like that trade for you guys. Um, the the middle of the East right now, like basically everybody outside of Boston, Milwaukee, and uh, Philly, it just it kind of seems like the rest of those guys, like from seeds four to ten, are just going to tear each other apart, trying to you know to fight for seeding. Um, hey, I mean your Cavs are on a hot streak right now. They are, but they got to play um, the Bucks tonight. They're actually just about to tip off, which is a great segue because we get to talk about what the hell happened with Adrian Griffin and the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, Chuck, on a scale of one to ten, what what was your level of shock when you saw the news? Um, like ten, like <laughs> maybe yeah. nine. I guess nine. Like, because, um, obviously, even though the Bucks are the number two in the East all year, there's sort of been this weird, like, vibe, hold on, where they just kind of haven't looked as good as I think people were hoping. And it's just been, like I said, weird vibes coming out of that team. And the big thing is their defense has fallen off significantly. I think they're... Last year, they were fourth defensive rating. This year, they're 21st. Um, They're like 16th in opponent field goal percentage and 13th in defensive rebounds. So, you know, that's not good. And, um, uh, you know, uh, this came out afterwards that the GM felt they weren't getting the most out of Dame. Which I think also makes sense, given his... I mean, we. I think everybody though expected some drop off, because you know in Portland he was the only superstar and he shouldered the load of the offense. In Milwaukee, Giannis is going to shoulder that load, and he has had several like, like forty or fifty point games already. So you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, what shocked me even more was the person who's been hired to replace him. That's where I was like, what are we doing? Bro. What is the purpose of this? Okay, so did you hear any of the behind-the-scenes stuff as to, like, truly how messed up this is on the part of Doc Rivers? Um, I haven't heard any of the behind-the-scenes of his hiring. What I did see was the kerfuffle over it being reported by CNN Sports. No, no, no. Then no, no, given that, no. yeah. Okay, let me let me tell you. So this is like this isn't a rumor. This is confirmed. Um 
at some point, probably I would imagine right before the season had started, Doc Rivers had been mentoring and kind of being like this shoulder to lean on for Adrian Griffin because he was a rookie head coach. That was at the behest of the Milwaukee Bucks. So the Milwaukee Bucks, like, I don't know if they asked for him to do this. I don't know if they were paying for him to do this. But Doc Rivers was this guiding light for Adrian Griffin, this this mentor when it comes to head coaching. And now, well, okay. When I I don't know exactly when the front office had began maybe second guessing Adrian Griffin's ability, but I think I saw when it, be- it was a it was the Pacers game in the in season tournament. Oh well, that would make a lot of sense because I was I would imagine it would have been in December. I mean I know they have a thirty and thirteen record, but like 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 you you said their defense wasn't playing to like the level that they have been in the last few years. Dame was not figuring it out. I mean, Dame would have mm-hmm. games where he would drop 25, 30, then he would have games where he's dropping 11. So like they hadn't kind of figured that out yet, but the front office and key stakeholders w- w- was in what I saw, I guess key stakeholders of the Milwaukee bucks had began. Yeah. yeah <laughs> the Um I saw, had, I saw it. I saw a tweet that was like, Adrian Griffin considering cuts, considering cutting Thanos, Thanasis or whatever to make room for a better bench player. And it was the clip of Drewski. He was like, yeah, this is the clip of Drewski. Get out of here. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. And I, I mean, I would not be shocked if um the, if players were involved in this because the players, at least in that last game that they had, I think it was against, uh, I don't remember who it was against, but they looked like they did not want to play for this guy. So anyway, the Pistons, they, they beat the Pistons by 10. And it was like, what the heck is going yeah, on? Cause they, they were so angry. Exactly what it was. Um, but apparently going back to like December, the front office and key stakeholders had already been having discussions on how they would much prefer to, re- to have doc rivers as their head coach, as opposed to Adrian Griffin. And so I, this part, I don't know for sure. I don't know for sure that there were conversations with Doc Rivers before Adrian Griffin had been fired. All I'm saying is there is no way that they would fire Adrian Griffin not w- without thinking that they could get Doc Rivers. Yeah. Like, so there was some colluding behind the scenes. Collusion. Uh, you, you, uh, channel my inner Robert Pattinson from you – know- um, no, he says delusion, doesn't he? From Double All the Time. Have you seen that movie? I have not. Oh, I think he says delusion and not collusion. Anyway, my statement stands. Uh, Doc Rivers might be a fucking scumbag for doing this. I mean, this is this just feels slimy and wrong. I am not saying that getting rid or letting go of Adrian Griffin was quote unquote wrong it looks weird because he was 30 and 13 um and obviously i think any time that like an african-american head coach would be let go especially in this circumstance you're like wait a second what's going on but like 
there were problems with the defense. There were problems with Dame. And it just looked like the players were not bought in, even though they, despite, you know, being 30 and 13. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was the, all the reports basically agreed, like, quote, he lost the locker room or whatever. Um, no, but what I was talking about, let me get this out really quick, just because I wonder if this is a factor, too. So when the new the news, so CNN, well, inside the NBA said that CNN confirmed that he had been hired last night. Not just CNN, CNN Sports, which doesn't exist. Yes, it's a Twitter page, but like it's just CNN's uh, any CNN news article that has to do with sports. I guess they put on that. I don't know. Whatever. It's a whole weird thing because, like you said, it doesn't really exist, and there was no like web story up. Like, see, like where's how's the CNN getting this? And then they doubled down on it. Like CNN vetted it, even though. So on Inside the NBA, they say, like, Doc Rivers has been hired. And then minutes later, Chris Haynes tweets, like, they're still working out the details or whatever. The reason I bring that up is Chris Haynes, known Dame guy, known Dame leaker. So I wonder if, like, you know, we talked about key stakeholders. Giannis is calling the moves. And I wonder if Dame didn't necessarily disagree with like firing Adrian, but when they said Doc Rivers, he was like, hold on a sec. Do we want to have a discussion? Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, do we, is there someone else we can talk about? You know what I mean? Or, you know what I mean? Uh, Uh, Yeah. I mean, like I I never thought about it that way. Cause I wonder if that's what happened. That would be my, my thought is that the Bucks is that the GM and Giannis were probably like Doc is in. And they might have been like, hold on a second. Y'all are used to the one two man show. I'm here now. I got to say, you know, something, too. Um, so that'd be interesting. Now, maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's just all conjecture. But that that would just that thought just rolled through my head when I saw that. Um yeah, I don't understand how bringing in Doc Rivers does anything because Doc Rivers can only win if the guys in the locker room already get along. Like, if there's no issues in the locker room. That's yeah. that's the only way Doc, Doc could win in with the Clippers because, as JJ has talked about on his podcast, and just, you know, in the years since, that locker room was just so – they were so split. They were never going to win a championship, you know, in the um, in those days. Then he went to the Sixers and they were good. But once again, Doc could not get past the second round as he's I mean, that 2008 championship, he that is doing a lot of work for Doc Rivers, which is funny because everything I'm talking about, like he couldn't get out of the second round before. Then they win the championship. Then they then they lose the championship. And then they start having locker room issues and Doc can't bring them back together. Like, so what, like, what does, I, I don't know. I don't know how Doc fixes the defense. I don't understand that at all. It's, he's he's it, not known for his defenses. Yeah, it's perplexing. 
And yeah. and I also saw, by the way, I add on top of all this, ESPN's not considering bringing back Jeff Van Gundy or Mark Jackson for the broadcast now that Doc Rivers is off their broadcast team. Oh, Which was the gosh. other thing about that whole CNN sports reporting. Um, Doc Rivers works for ESPN. If he was leave, if the Bucks, if the contract signed, Woj is going to drop it, and Woj hasn't dropped anything yet. Like, what is going on? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I feel like I did see enough reports today that like this would be happening. Um, yeah, like I think today it's officially confirmed. Like today yeah. it came out like confirmed. But that's 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 the other thing is that like because from the jump it was like Doc Rivers was the candidate when they confirmed it last night and then there was a kerfuffle. I was like, well, I wonder it's maybe things haven't, you know what I mean? Haven't the paper pen has been put to paper, but you know they feel like they're going to get there tomorrow or whatever, and that's what ended up happening. Um, it's that's why the Chris Haynes thing is just like to me like. That's a, That's got to be a Dame thing. That's got to be a Dame thing. I I never even I I never even thought about that. It I, it makes all the sense in the world. I mean, I, you and I talked about it on the pre-show. Like it is just it's just so on par for like, you know, every time you think that like the NBA news cycle is slowing down, for the NBA to chime in and be like, hey, guess what? You buckle up and like it's it's something happens. I mean, this this is just like one of like many interesting and funny things that have happened over like the last 48 hours. I would say maybe a runner up would be the fact that Tristan Thompson got busted for steroids. And And he like literally put up three points in a game. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not going to lie. So (coughs) I I was watching. Okay, I think that game was Sunday night or yeah, Sunday evening. Um, I was watching it at, uh, with my dad, and I literally said out loud, I was like, I cannot believe how serviceable Tristan Thompson has been. Like, it just seemed like the rest of the NBA was written him off as washed, and he comes back to the Cavs, and I, I know he had, like, three points, one board, whatever, but, like, he's been good. Like, coming off the bench, he's been great, especially with Evan Mobley being hurt. And then it's like this happens, and it's like, oh, so so that's why. Like, that's why he's been so good. So, I mean, getting back to the, you know, the whole thing, like, the NBA just has a funny way of, like. Or Cat putting up the worst 62-point game ever by yeah, because they God. lost. Literally, I was watching that game because um, I recently got League Pass, and – I've never seen somebody or a team really so obviously trying to get one guy to like stat pad. It's like they heard what Joel Embiid had, had done. Cause there's like, I, I mean, personally, I know they've had their on the court scuffles, but I feel like there's a very obvious rivalry between like Joel Embiid and Carl and Anthony Towns for like, the best dominant big man. And I think that it's clearly Joel Embiid when you're just comparing the two of them. So to watch Carl Anthony Towns just foul bait for like the last six minutes of that fourth quarter and effectively shoot his team out of a win against the Hornets 
was cinema. They are currently down two to the Wizards at half. Oh, it's perfect. I mean, the post game. <laughs> I mean, I, the coach yelled at them. The coach scolded the team. For the he said it was an embarrassment to the game of basketball. And they disrespected it. And they did, which is perfect. It's so funny. My God, I I don't know. Like, I don't hate. Like, the, like I, I'm not trying to single out, like, the Minnesota Timberwolves or Carl Anthony Towns. I feel indifferent about love, both. Your... Yeah, love, love, Ant, love Anthony Edwards. Yeah. But, like, when anytime I see something like this, not that it happens often, but, like, when you see somebody just disregarding, you know, maybe, like, the, the betterment of the team for, like, an individual goal or a stat, whatever it is, I just I, – I love it when it just bites him back in the ass, and that was exactly what that was. So I think he fi- he finished with 62. Yeah. And I think he had 60 going into the fourth. Which is crazy. It's so crazy. And that game was close. Like, even when everything was gelling, like, I they think they only went into the fourth up by, like, nine or something. Like, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a huge blowout, but. I mean, to be fair, Joel Embiid's 70-point game, they didn't blow out uh, the Spurs. They only won by 10. Yeah. Well, I guess that's a, that's a, mar- that's a good margin of victory or whatever. But the spread was 14 and a half, so. Is it even a good margin of victory? I feel like these days, like NBA, I mean, like, yeah, you know. It is the national blowout. It is national blowout association time. It, yeah. I mean, that's a January. That time like January. like January up until the all-star break is just rough, which is why I'm so thankful for how dramatic this league can be literally on any, yeah. on any given day. So I, you know, we've said it a bajillion times on this podcast. But the NBA is the greatest reality television show ever created, and it just reminded us why it's king um, in terms of being dramatic, uh, even in its slowest month of the season. So, shouts out NBA. Shouts out Adam Silver. Doing a really good job. Hey, shout out to the Pistons. They might be getting their fifth win tonight. They're beating the Hornets right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm monitoring that game because I am an idiot and I keep betting on LaMelo Ball now that he's back and it's just not working. So, um, anyway, I want to get to Echo really quickly here before we kind of wrap it up. Um, assuming we don't have any other sports news to cover, I, th- I think we covered everything that we wanted to talk about. Uh, did we talk about Jim Harbaugh? Oh, yeah, we talked about Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. So, uh, really quick, do you want to just talk about how good you're feeling as an Ohio State fan after how crappy the previous week had been? You know what, Chuck? I mean, <laughs> I wasn't going to bring it up. I wasn't going to do it. I thought about it, but I was like, I don't want to be that guy. It's like, oh, let's talk about college football in Ohio State. And, you know, I clearly just want to talk about Ohio State. So, I am so glad you brought that up. For those <laughs> listeners, I did not ask him to do this. I did not just send him a text or anything. He um, didn't. So uh, honest to God, I it occurred to me. I yeah, I mean, we don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but what Ohio State is doing right now is they they, they are grabbing the NIL by the sack <laughs> and doing whatever they want with it. Um this it was going to happen at some point, whether it was by Ohio State or Georgia. Georgia's kind of doing it now. Um but this is our first real instance of like what happens when a big name head coach retires and there's all these players that 
you know, are maybe already on the team or are committed and still in high school, like what's going to happen? And we're seeing it right now with Nick Saban retiring and most of Alabama's offense, uh, not offense, most of Alabama's team and their, you know, upcoming recruiting classes just getting poached by basically just Georgia and Ohio State. Um, obviously, as an Ohio State fan, I love it. This is great. Caleb Downs, Julian Sayan, like some big, big names. Obviously, Caleb Downs being, I, I, th- I think like 247 had him pegged as like the best transfer get so far um, or best portal get. Uh, I don't know how I would feel about this if it wasn't my team uh, benefiting. Like, I'm going to be curious to see what happens with Michigan now. That Harbaugh's gone. Like, this this, this is going to happen. Um, programs are going to have to have a plan, uh, an actual plan of succession moving forward. Because um, what you're witnessing is, is – the greatest college football program of the last 20 years getting ravaged. And Alabama mm-hmm. could still be good next year. I, I don't know. I, I don't know who's going to be left on that roster or w- what's going to happen. But this is like a wake-up call, I think, for major organizations. Like, if you fire a coach I, – I know Nick Saban wasn't fired. But, like, if you fire a coach, you got to start worrying about, like, these guys that they recruit. Because, like – now players can transfer whenever. So I'm rambling. I think I think you know the point that I'm trying to make. It's like if I wasn't an Ohio State fan, I feel like I might hate this, but I am an Ohio State fan, and they have like literally unlimited NIL funds. So I guess I guess keep it coming. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's gonna be weird. It's gonna be weird. It's gonna be interesting. None of this is going to matter if if uh, they lose to Michigan again, though. So, got to keep that in mind. I got to stay humble, Chuck. I was going to say if if Ryan Day loses to Michi- to Michigan this this coming year with this, that he's got to go. Oh, it's over. Yeah, it, it, it'll it'll never be more over than that. Like, and it it's it's weird to say because as far as I know. Now, can players just pick up and leave whenever they want? Like, so uh, I guess let me give you a hypothetical and you may not know the answer to this. Let's just use Caleb Downs as an example. Transfers to Ohio State. Let's say Ohio State loses to Michigan and Ryan Day gets fired. Can Caleb Downs then again transfer next offseason? If he gets fired, yeah. Players get 30 days to transfer if a coach gets fired no matter what. Or retires, obviously, I think, because of Nick's, like, anytime like, yeah. the coach is no, like, he's not going to be the coach next year. Um, yeah, so, like, this is just college football now for the major programs. I was, again, having this conversation with my dad. I am a firm believer in probably, like, the in the next 10 to 15 years, maybe even sooner than that, college football is probably just going to be two conferences. It's going to be the Big Ten and it's going to be the SEC. Um, and it's, it's going to be just like professional sports, except everybody's going to be on like a one year deal. And like, there's just going to be all this movement and the top schools are going to benefit, you know, like these, these smaller schools 
that are like I'm trying to think of an example. I think like Wisconsin's a really good example, right? Big school, you know, D1 football program in the Big Ten has been in, in, in Big Ten championships. They don't have the funding that Ohio State has. They don't have money coming into the NIL like Georgia does. They're probably not even on the same level as like Michigan. So it's like, are you shit out of luck? I don't know. Like it's it's we are in unprecedented territory with college football right now. I some people really seem to like it. Some people really seem to hate it. And I don't know what side of the aisle I fall on yet. Yeah, it's definitely a new era. Um, we'll see. We'll see the 12 team playoff this year, too. Let's let's see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be really hard for a team like Ohio State or a Georgia or a Texas or whatever to not make the postseason now year in and year out. Yeah. So. OK, let's get to Echo. Um, five episode miniseries by Marvel um, that is following Maya. Uh, a character that we were introduced to in the Hawkeye series. And I, this basically takes place like maybe weeks. I know five we jumped around. Oh, it's five months. God. Um, Says it at the beginning. Yeah. I the first that. episode's confusing because they, they like introduce new stuff. Then they do a recap of Hawkeye in the middle of it for 10 minutes. And then they like start the episode. Yeah. Yeah, it it was and you I mean they jump around a lot. Um like I think on more than one instance you go back to some of the events of the Hawkeye series um in like a flashback, but um this was not a show that I think either of us had kind of mentioned as one that we were maybe super excited for. Mm-hmm. Um that being said, just to kind of give my general thoughts, uh I had fun with it. Like it was good. Like I, I thought it started very, very strong. Um, I was maybe a little annoyed with the ending per se. I felt like the ending kind of got a little generic, but you know, for, for a, for a show that I had like next to no expectations for, I had fun with it. Same thing. Uh, I had the opposite vibe, though, in that I kind of like the ending in the beginning for me was kind of like bleh. Really? Uh, okay. I want to yeah. explore that. Um, Maybe it was just also I, he, what the end. The, the only thing that the really well, let's let's talk about what we liked about the series first. Okay. I, I think for me, a clear number one would be. Um, the fighting sequences specifically yes, in the first 100%. few episodes. Like I, I mean, th- those were great. It's, it's still not like Netflix daredevil, you know, but it's the closest yeah, yeah. that the MCU had gotten to that, which was great. Um, for me, that's a big number one. I, I would say my second favorite. Um, I, I think you pronounce name Alakwa or Alaka. Is it Alakwa? I don't know. I'm going to say Alakwa. Um, Alakwa Cox. I mean, I thought she was fantastic. Like, loved following her. I loved the, you know, getting to learn more about Maya. Um, 
this is a character that I'm interested in now. Like, I I am interested to see where they go. Um, I I think that it's no secret. I I, I think probably with the MCU fatigue that I've that we have all really developed. Um, but me personally, I feel like with that fatigue, I I'm getting more interested in these like. I don't want to. I guess like street level characters, you know, because Maya Lopez yeah. is not is not Thor, you know. Yeah. She's she, she's, you know, I I don't know. It's just a character that I'm now interested in, especially learning about her backstory. I, I thought that that was really interesting. Um, you know, with, with with her being Native American, I thought they tied that in very well. So my my number one and number two, I think, um, most favorite things would were to be the action sequences. And then um, Alakwa Cox. Yeah, I definitely like the action sequences. Um, I think uh, the 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 skating derby, the skating rink area is the big one for me that I liked. Um, and I kind of like, and I liked. Um, Honestly, my second favorite was Biscuits, the side character Biscuits. He's my guy. Um, he's my guy. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Nothing more needs uh, to be said. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, and then as far as what I didn't like or what didn't make sense. From the beginning of this, of the first episode, the whole first episode basically lays it out like this her best friend from childhood, Bonnie is going to be like the main person that like innocent victim that's going to get hurt by this, by everything that's happening. It's not that she's not, but like it didn't feel like she was featured in the show as much as I thought she would be. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, I had never even given that any thought only because I, I, I don't know if I had ever really, like had considered like them being like these like weak spots for her in the end, if that makes any sense, you know, because obviously Kingpin right. comes in and he has her grandmother um, as well as Bonnie. And like, I had just not considered that. I didn't know. And that's probably because I don't know a whole lot about Kingpin's character. Um, I still have not seen the Netflix daredevil show. So um, I know, I know get it all out now if you have to, but um I had not anticipated that. So I, for me, like the ending, I felt, I felt like the show had such a unique vibe through the first half. Like, again, like with the action, they were willing to kind of, you know, do a little bit of extra with it. Um, I think Maya Lopez as a character is super unique, you know, like with like all the ASL that we were getting, you know, throughout the series. And then, I don't know. I just kind of got I got annoyed with the last episode. I'm like, oh, here we go. Another costume, you know, reveal in the last episode. Like, like we haven't gotten that with like the last seven Disney Plus MCU shows. Um, like I, I know they had to do it and all, but like, I don't know. Um, that part felt pretty generic to me, but as a whole, still a little bit of a pleasant surprise. I liked it. I don't know how they're going to use her coming up, but I'm, you know, if she's in something, I'm I'm gonna tune in. 
Yeah, we'll see how it all plays out. Um, uh, you know, obviously this was the first Marvel spotlight, which is like basically their way of saying you don't have to watch any other show. Everything you need is going to be in this show. Um, and it definitely felt like that. Like the, you know, previously on at the beginning, pretty much told you everything they need to know. And they literally in the first episode basically showed you everything you need to know from Hawkeye in a 10, 15 minute sequence or whatever. So. Um, yeah, uh, it was fine. Um. And it's going to be like kind of a dry year for the MCU in in general with just, I think, Deadpool coming out this year. Which, by the way, they just finished filming on that today. Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman tweeted that stuff out. Um, So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think it's going to be like a much needed like year off for the MCU. Um, Sabbatical. (laughs) Yeah, literally. Um. I I did see the whole Deadpool 3 rap and everything, and I think that um, I, th- I think that movie is obviously like I'm excited for it. I I don't anticipate that movie letting people down, you know, just given the first two movies, you know, with it being Sean Levy, Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman, like this just has the recipe for like a like a banger, it feels like. So um, I think it'd be good for the MCU to kind of like bat a thousand for a year, have the one movie that's, you know, it hopefully it's going to be good. And maybe this movie kind of brings everybody back in. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess one last thing I do want to say about Echo is I do hope that in the future we get more not that this is a standalone project but what you said it was it was a spotlight series yeah i had not i had not heard that term yet marvel spotlights like uh, that's new to me but i do hope that they take from this um because i think that this show like it's being received well it's it got good reviews um i've seen nothing but positive things about it like on like twitter and stuff so I hope you learn from that and we get less of these shows that require you to watch seven other shows and movies before it. And, you know, they just include what they need to include in that show. So it's my two cents on that. Yeah. Um, Before we kind of wrap things up, um, Oscars are right around the corner. We got the... Uh, the uh nominations uh the nominations list obviously it's like every year controversy um but you and i really haven't talked a lot about or i don't think we've maybe just the the two movies um oppenheimer and barbie um are you planning on catching some of these other um movies before the oscars take place well, I did manage to see uh <coughs> sorry, poor things. Oh, that's number one on my list. Don't go and see it with your parents. That's I've heard I've heard okay, it good. is uh pretty uh scandalous. Yes. 
that I wish we had I had known more about it before I went and saw it with my parents. No. Um, yeah. No. Wish American Fiction had been playing. That's probably be the movie I would have gone to see with them instead. That seems much more up our alley, but yes. Um, I do want to see American Fiction. I've seen Killers of the Flower Moon. I'll probably watch Maestro at some point. And then, yeah, that's 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 my plan right now. Okay. Um, I am going to be watching Poor Things. I'm thinking probably this weekend. Um, it's on my list. I still need to see Killers of the Flower Moon, so that's probably, like, number two. Um, I want to see The Holdovers. With uh, that's Paul Giamatti's movie. Um, yes, my my mom went and saw it. I've heard it's oh fantastic. Goodness. I want to see it. I know this movie didn't get nominated, but like I feel like it's become this cultural event, and I'm gonna like have FOMO if I don't see it soon. But Saltburn is still on my list. Um, yeah, I've heard it's very polarizing. So yeah, polarizing sure is I... the perfect word I think uh, to probably I I've. I feel like I know exactly what happens in the movie just with how much I've either heard people talk about it or like seen people talk about it on Twitter. It's like I I know major plot points. Um even seen some scenes and polarizing's the perfect word. So, yeah. That's on my list too, but um the Oscars are going there's still a few months out, right? Uh yeah, the voting is February 22nd to 27th and the ceremonies on March 10th. Okay. So we'll have time to do like a preview show, obviously maybe, you know, if, 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 if we can get to watching some of the same movies, maybe even doing a review or two of them. Um, but Chuck, I imagine our next episode is probably going to be our Super Bowl preview. Correct. I imagine. Yeah. So we will probably, as we have for the last few years, grab a special guest or two. Um, I know last year we had Jesse Anderon, and that was very fun. Um, so we'll have to see if uh, either of them would like to return. I would definitely be down for that. Don't know yeah. if I can financially do this this parlay that we've been cooking up. Um, <sighs> we've we've been close so many. We've been close most days. <laughs> I don't know what it was. It was. It was last Saturday, and I I love Jesse to death, and I definitely have been a person who I think I think my leg has prevented a win, um, like on one occasion, like where I've been, my leg was the only one that lost. But what was what was Jesse's leg on Saturday? Oh, it was it was Stroud. Stroud, uh, two plus passing TDs. Yeah. And I just, I, I wanted to tell him so bad. I was like, Jesse, I was like, I just feel like, like you wanted the Ravens to lose. So you, like you bet with your heart and not your head. Cause I, I don't he know. He took CJ Stroud 225 passing yards. Oh, it was passing yards. I thought it was touchdowns. No, no. 200. 25 passing yards right. you're right it was the passing yards um listen i felt that was like a i felt like that was a bet with my heart and not my head moment 
I was like, Jesse, we got to be better. But, you know, what are you going to do? One of these days we'll hit one. We will. Statistically. But I don't know if I can keep dropping 25 bucks, 30 bucks on these because it's not a not a good financial investment. So, no, 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 no. All right. Well, um, our next episode will more than likely be the Super Bowl preview. So keep an eye out for that. Um, that is two weeks away, right? Or three weeks. Uh, it's. So this Sunday's conference championship, that's one. Two, two is away. the two is the bye, and then three Sundays from now. Yeah, so we'll probably do it, you know, that Wednesday or Tuesday before the actual game. So probably that episode is two weeks out. Um, yeah. So keep an eye out for that then. Um, for everyone who's listened up to this point, um, as always, thank you. We appreciate it. You can... Follow the podcast on Twitter. We are on Twitter at Mind Popcorn. You can also follow us on TikTok, where we are striving to become the first TikTok page for that gets a billion followers. Um, you can follow us on TikTok at Mind Your Popcorn. Um, Chuck, any last words? I've got nothing. I've got nothing else to add. All right. Well, we will be back with the Super Bowl. Uh, preview in a couple weeks with some with some guests I'm assuming and uh, we will talk to everybody then